0: The Behind the Wall podcast is presented by Dano Seasoning. Great cooks use real spices, and that's exactly what you'll get when you use Dano's. It's the best Dan seasoning on the market. Taste and see why we say you don't know till you Dano. Get some today at danoseasoning.com and use our code Behind the Wall at checkout.
1: The most exciting sport in the world NASCAR. No! It's not an opinion, it's fact. And we're fanatics. This is the Behind the Wall podcast, brought to you by Behind the Wall Media. If it's race recaps, previews, driver news, results, schedules, and anything else NASCAR, we are your premier podcast. Flying by the seat of our pants. The Behind the Wall Podcast with your host, Henry Hobbs, Josh Slate, Adam Thomas, and Jay Young. I'd
2: rather take it till I make it than make it. Yeah, I'd rather make it until I make it than just game.
0: We are back. It's the behind the wall podcast, the big Five O. this is episode 50. And of course, we got the original boys, Josh and Jay with me this week. Congratulations, boys. We've we've hung around each other long enough to make it to 50. How do you feel?
2: I'm shocked because the amount of crap that I put up with from you on a weekly basis is insane. So to be able to make it 50 weeks uh, doing this podcast with you is quite impressive.
1: Yeah, it really says something that none of us are of, uh, been a, been uh, convicted of homicide at this point. But you know, the debates or are Weir
2: and stuff like that.
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, we 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 leave everything on the podcast. We don't want we don't to bring anything into our personal lives. At least uh, at least I don't. Maybe you guys do because I know uh, I know the debate between y'all two can get pretty heated. But you know, I think the listeners enjoy
0: it. Well, I did. I did find a dead squirrel a couple months ago on the road, and I put it in a box and shipped it to Josh. So I don't know if he ever got it, but that was a, that was like a a warning shot. Like that quit, was quit you? Who me. sent me that? Yeah, that was me. Yeah.
2: Uh, I didn't know it was dead. I thought it was sleeping. It's been in my closet in like a little cage for a long time now. I'll go release it into the woods. Did you
0: Did you forget to feed it?
2: <laughs> no, nah, I've been like feeding it. I just thought it wasn't hungry. It's just not. Did you eating. Give it a name? Yeah, Gerald.
0: <laughs> nice.
2: He's so cute when he's sleeping though. So I like, hate to let him go wild.
0: I don't want w- to wake him up.
2: <laughs> he's in hibernation for a couple years now.
0: <laughs> if you're putting food in there, uh, are you, are you, re- are you just tossing more food in or is you just see the food hadn't been eaten yet? It's just a pile. So it kind of creates like a cool
2: aesthetic within the cage. And what so I think food? he kind of likes it. What kind of food? Yeah. A little bit of corn mixed with some green beans. And then he also likes dried apples. Haven't seen him I eat mean, it, but he seems like he likes the smell.
0: Is he is he sniffing it? How can you how can you tell if the sleeping uh, sleeping squirrel likes the smell of dried apples? Because I kind of like pick up his like crusty body
2: sometimes and like move his nose towards the dried apples, and he just lays there, so like he doesn't mind it. So I think he likes it.
0: It's like the cartoons when, uh, or the Disney cartoons when a character smells a pie and he just kind of closes his eyes and floats floats in the air. (laughs) So instead of floating, it's just laying there.
2: Yeah. He he just loves the smell. So he just lays there and soaks it in.
0: You know, today it's finally, finally getting hot in Virginia. I'm very pleased after the pathetic weather this past weekend. It was super, super cold. Actually, it wasn't cold, but it was just, it was rainy. Kind of, it was kind of chilly, but we're getting close to the start of summer and I was thinking long and hard at work today about ice cream because who doesn't enjoy a nice ice cream cone? It was also cause my one of, or a couple of my coworkers went and got ice cream today. Didn't invite me. No big deal.
2: Don't blame but
0: me. Then I, then I couldn't stop thinking about ice cream for the rest of the day. So I want to, I want to hear y'all's top three summer ice cream flavors. I'll start peach. Number one.
2: I don't like fruit flavored ice cream. There's so much hype around like fruit flavored ice cream and it's a fruit flavored like frozen drink. Just give me a smoothie. I don't want no like fruit flavored ice cream. Uh I think Josh if,
0: only eats salt flavored ice cream cuz he's the most uh, boring person on earth. Salt's my
2: second favorite, but I think I don't know. My like flavor of ice cream, like favorite flavor of ice cream doesn't change. I'm hooked on coffee ice cream, especially coffee, coffee ice cream from Cold Stone get you some peanut butter and some mm. Reese's and that thing smacks mm.
0: no dude i i love i love some coffee ice cream i don't eat a lot of, i don't I'm sorry i don't drink a lot of coffee but coffee ice cream just just does it for me it's so good
1: it just right? doesn't sound appealing at all but i it was a it was something i could expect coming from josh and you I'm know
2: inspired.
1: yeah i just yeah henry kind of had a point i thought you were about to say like Plain vanilla or something like that.
0: <laughs> it's not bad though. That's a solid summer flavor. That's my number two. But like homemade vanilla. Van- vanilla beans sucks.
1: Yeah, I think I've got. I've, I've got a. Sh- I've got to shout out a. Uh, a local place, uh, you know about Henry. I don't know if Josh knows about it, but Jimmer's frozen custard, mm. and there's nothing Shop- like soft serve ice cream. But uh, their twist just just a half chocolate half vanilla is just ungodly
0: do you sprinkle it
1: oh yeah you got to have sprinkles that
0: makes it do you call them sprinkles or jimmies
1: uh i use the i use them interchangeably
0: are you serious yeah oh, that's an ohio thing i feel like
1: uh, or pennsylvania I, I don't associate with ohio hmm
0: yeah i'd say number number 2 for me Homemade vanilla three. I don't think of coffee as a solid summer flavor, even though it is super good. Um going off of Coldstone though, now I'm thinking about it, they do this mix, which is uh it's it's vanilla ice cream, but they it's like an apple pie, so they mix in graham crackers and apples into it. You wanna talk about and some caramel too. You wanna to talk about good ice cream? That's it right there. That's number three.
1: Josh?
2: Yeah, I kind of agree with that. I mean, I don't know. I don't really – if we're going to give, like, our second and third opinion on ice cream, like, favorite ice cream flavor, sheesh, I might have to go plain chocolate because you can just kind of, like, mix in chocolate and peanut butter (laughs) with stuff would be really good. And then if we're going to go, like, way out on a limb here, maybe – I don't know. Chocolate chip cookie dough is good, but I don't know if it makes top three –
0: Josh, if you if you were a character on Fairly Odd Parents, you'd be a pixie.
2: Probably. I don't know. I don't really like. Whenever I like get something that I like, like I I get that same thing. I don't like. I'll try a lot of different things, but like, I don't know. When it comes to ice cream, I'm picky. Maybe I had some cake batter frozen yogurt, uh, when I was in Jekyll Island a couple Frog? weeks ago. Yeah, it was some like weird. It not it was like a different uh, frozen yogurt place. I don't. I forgot the name of it, but uh, that was insanely good. So maybe cake batter ice cream.
0: All right, that's decent, Jay. Cake,
1: I can respect cake batter. Uh, cake batter as an ice cream, like as a plain flavor, is very is very elite and utilitarian because you can mix a lot of things in it, but it's not it my favorite. Um, I think my second favorite has got to be mint Oreo, which. I've come to realize mm. it's pretty controversial. A lot of people say like, "Oh, I don't want my ice cream to taste like toothpaste." Well, I, say Dude, so good. I say grow mint up. I say grow up. Mint is
0: mint chocolate chip with the green ice cream. Mint is awful in ice cream. Shut no. up, Josh. It's so bad. Grow up. Shut so up. bad. Go Josh. Cook- shut up. Do
1: yourself a favor. Go to cookout and get the mint Oreo uh, milkshake because it's basically ice cream. And, All
2: right, I'm using the behind-the-wall credit card on this, too. Okay. I swear to God, if, if you use you get the the, get to the, bottom, the wall credit card, I cookout, will.
1: Well, as we know, Cookout doesn't hand-fill their milkshakes. That's true. Um, but, you know, it accumulates a lot of Oreos at the bottom, so that's the best part is when you get to the bottom.
2: Same with the M&M's milkshake there. It's kind of yeah. plain at the top, but once you hit the bottom, you get a boatload of M&M's, and that thing okay, smacks once you I get never, there.
0: I've never understood the allure behind m M&M. and M frozen treats because the M&Ms just freeze and it's like a it's like yeah. a rock inside of it like Same with there's a couple me. years ago I uh McDonald's had a Rollo uh blizzard or McFlurry and I was super hyped because I love Rolos and I took one bite and I'm like wow this uh this, I'm about to break a tooth
1: yeah M&Ms themselves are an elite are an elite tier snack especially at gas stations for a road trip because there's so many varieties like you literally can't get tired of M and M's. You should try a new type, but that being said, and ice cream and other frozen desserts, trash.
0: Yeah, I got um, I got to agree with you on that one, Josh. I I am, I am fairly upset with you. I'm Why totally are you, really you disappointed? I I am I cannot believe what I'm hearing right now. It's almost oh, actually, do you guys remember back in the 2000s? Breyer's ice cream used to do a NASCAR ice cream that was a checkered flag chocolate and vanilla i do not remember Ooh. that oh my goodness you guys are you guys are a bunch of young people i'm sending it to you now uh well, it was like i was i would not have a birthday party unless i had the nascar ice cream
1: so kind of along that same that good, line no, just sweet. kind of along that same line the my third flavor which i don't even know if is still made but it's very unique. It's called. It's made by Turkey Hill, and it's called Phillies Graham Slam. And uh, obviously, I grew up near Philadelphia, so I was a Phillies fan. And they made this special flavor of ice cream. I don't know if it was sold, you know, outside of my area, but it was vanilla ice cream. But it had a big like they weren't like pieces of graham cracker, but they were almost like graham cracker dust in these big clumps. But it was really good and had pretzels in it and then it also had uh chocolate marshmallow cups in it and it was mm-hmm. amazing.
0: You know, I don't know if I could get behind Turkey Hill ice cream because I'm uh, I swear by Bluebell ice cream.
2: Bluebell is the correct choice. Oh, Blue so Bell good. Bluebell is great.
0: Even even with the listeria, I'd still eat it.
2: But Turkey Hill Rocky Road ice cream, that's a top tier you, ice cream.
0: I just I can't get behind the idea of eating ice cream where there's turkey in the name, it just adds it just, a little flavor. I don't know. No, Danos get a little turkey adds juices. Adds flavor.
2: Yeah, put Danos on your Turkey Hill ice cream and then you're cooking.
0: I love Danos. I don't know if I could put it on ice cream. All right, uh, favorite cone and then we'll finish the ice cream talk.
2: Uh, waffle
1: mm. cone,
0: hands down. Waffle is pretty good.
1: Waffle is good, but I think just a regular sugar cone. Especially if you have to soft serve with it.
0: Sugar cone's number three for me. I get waffle cone, cake, and then sugar. I, I love Mee a good blend, cake cone, but
2: sugar cone. I think that's this what I meant. I meant sugar cake cone.
0: cone. I use yeah, like, like the, cake the Chick Chick-fil-A elite. ice cream cone.
1: Yeah, that's okay. If you if that's what a cake cone is, then that's what I meant, because I, I honestly don't know the difference.
0: Yeah, all my homies hate sugar cones. I don't hate it. That's, that's a certified behind-the-wall stance right there. Behind-the-wall is anti-sugar cone. Yes, we, yes. Sugar we hate cone. sugar a waffle cone.
2: cone.
0: Yeah, grow up and get a waffle cone, you babies. All right, <laughs> let's get let's jump into the all-star race, I guess. Or do you guys want to start with SRX?
2: Let's uh, start with SRX. Yeah, let's do that.
0: Okay. All right. Well, first impressions. I was I was fired up for it and. The racing was good, but my bi- two biggest complaints, and it won- only one of them, is with uh, how SRX is. I mean, the cars they're they're super tough; they can they're competitive. Uh, I think that I mentioned this in the group chat yesterday. I think when they bring in the drivers who are these short track aces and the drivers who are from the area, I feel like they're just gonna jump on the track and run train on the rest of the field, kind of like what uh, Kobe did. Is that his name, Kobe?
1: Yeah, Doug yeah. Kobe
0: duck Kobe, yeah basically what he did on saturday you know the uh first he was exciting second he was exciting uh and then after that it was the kobe show i i, I think it it's super fun to see all the big name drivers there but i have a feeling that about 90 percent of these races if they i don't know if they're doing it for every single race but if they bring in the drivers who are used to the track and they've won multiple championships or whatnot at the track. I think they're just going to destroy the field, especially since it's equal cars. So that kind of sucks. Other side, CBS, they've got to, they've got to switch up their scoring pylon. Cause that was, that was impossible to read.
2: Yeah. I don't know if y'all felt the same way. I was even, I was streaming it off. like uh, Cause I recorded it the night before and it was, it was impossible to read. It was, the broadcast was extremely good. Alan Bestwick made me, like, flashback to oh, when yeah. I was younger. That was awesome to hear him. Homestead. And, uh, but, yeah, the pylon was sort of screwed up, but the broadcast overall was fantastic.
1: Yeah, and um, I liked the broadcast. It was nice to see familiar faces. wasn't a big fan of Danica Patrick, though. Um, I just think that, she just seemed really low energy and not that enthusiastic. Um, that being said, uh I think was it Matt Yoakam who was in the pits? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he was he was uh I didn't know he was gonna be doing it, so that was a cool sight. Um Brad Doherty, uh also the dude good insight. Huge. Yeah. I and ran
2: Michael into Michael Waltrip's
0: big and Brad Doherty dwarfed Michael Waltrip.
1: I ran
2: into him at Bristol one year when I like was in the pits, and I looked up and had to talk to him, and this was, like, what, 2013 me, where I was, like, even shorter, so probably, like, four foot one by that time. Good, So, like, looking up to that guy, <laughs> I was like, I don't know how people are this tall.
0: Wow. Four the foot main... one. How about that?
2: I don't know. I was probably taller, but I'm only, like, four <laughs> foot six now.
1: The main problem I had following the broadcast, I've... I agree the scoring pylon needs to be changed. And also it's going to, I'm used to NASCAR and numbers and with the small numbers on the cars, unless you just memorized who was what color car, it was really hard to to keep up with who was in each car. I mean, I kind of started to learn at the end. Um, you know, I was thinking, you know, Tony Stewart, home Depot, so orange. But I mean other people it was just really hard to keep up. I I think number bigger numbers um should be something they should look into.
0: Yeah. Bigger numbers at the uh right under the right on the door.
2: Yeah. Agreed.
0: What yeah. happened to what happened to Jeff Hammond? I just thought I just thought about that. I haven't he kinda just disappeared. I loved his commentary. I have no idea. Does anyone know Jeff Hammond's whereabouts? I wish I did.
2: Let us know in the replies on Twitter when we post no, I'm this. I'm looking it up
0: right now. But,
2: yeah, SRX was pretty good, kind of like what Jay said. It was hard to keep up with who is who, and then Greg Biffle went to a backup car, and he went from gold to white, which I thought was kind of strange. But seeing the 69 on the side of the car was the ultimate power move by Greg Biffle. Biffle? Um, but, yeah, Doug Kobe dominated, but he's also an extremely dominant wheel and uh, modified driver. So I think that kind of played into it. If they go to some of these short tracks and they get like a a late model champ or just somebody who's just a local driver who's a champion at the track, I think they could have some ones where like the locals not just dogging them. But uh, it was cool seeing Doug Kobe there and being able to compete with all like the big time uh, motorsports superstars. But yeah, I think there still needs to be some work but to bring in what there's like 1.3 million viewers, more than on, F1 on your in more than F1 in the US, but uh, on, on in their Seven first F1. race was uh indie. quite
0: impressive. And Indy, not NASCAR though. Yeah, but NAS, you know, NASCAR's so unprofessional.
2: But look at ratings worldwide. That's what you don't listen to.
0: No one watches NASCAR F1 overseas. Is, look
2: at exactly. Everyone watches F1 all over the world, and F1's a growing sport in the U.S.
0: It's a worldwide sport. It's okay. like, it's like you, apples to oranges. If I'm you could use a US graphic ratings.
2: in a podcast right now, I would put the graphs of NASCAR's growth versus F1's growth versus IndyCar's like, slow decline, and then Josh I'd just put NASCAR. it on the podcast. Now, I love NASCAR with all my heart. It's hmm. what I've loved all the time, but I want to see the sport succeed, and you just got to look at the facts. Real quick, Jeff
0: Hammond is a crew like chief in SRX.
2: I think I heard his name this week. I didn't. They were, like, talking about, like, celebrity crew chiefs. And they yeah, don't he, have spotters on the cars, too, so that could kind of be dangerous. Especially I, th- I the thought Eldora. the new no
0: spotter deal was pretty cool. Because, I mean, you realize... It's it's just basically, like, just all-star drivers in the car fending for themselves. It's I thought it was great. Like, the idea is great. I I just... I want to see more competition. I think that you're not going to get tons of competition when you have these, these track ringers, and rocking and rolling, and whooping it, the field.
2: They need to do what IROC did and go race to some bigger tracks. Because unless they just don't know how these cars are going to perform, so maybe it's something they're going to look at later. So I don't know. I never really got to see what IROC was like. So it was fun being able to like see that and go to bigger tracks. Think of Michigan and we're just like pack racing and everything around there. Like IROC was. That'd be super cool, and uh, I hope they start doing that in the future, but for right now, it looks like we just got, what, six races and two at Dirt Tracks, Knoxville and Eldora, and then the rest are little short tracks.
1: Yeah, I, I think it's I think it's cool because they're providing something that I think NASCAR is missing, which is a lot of smaller tracks, short tracks, and giving that short track feel. And it's kind of almost bringing, uh, it's, it's kind of almost bringing like, light model racing to a national stage because that's really what i feel like i was watching on saturday night was almost like i was at my local short track or used to be Southside speedway um so i feel like that was a cool aspect to it and it was actually you know uh, a lot of big names racing in that kind of format so i thought that was a cool part of it as well
0: yeah i agree I- i'm excited to see where srx goes and it definitely they have kinks that they got to iron out the first week of the series ever racing. Uh, they've gotten feedback from the fans, drivers, uh, TV people. I'm sure CBS knows that the the scoring pylons kind of iffy right now. But I'm excited to see where they go, and especially at the the dirt tracks. I have a feeling that Tony Stewart's just gonna run train on the field at at Eldora because Lord knows how many laps he's turned around that place. I'm excited to see where SRX goes. It's a shame it's only six races, but I think that's a good size, especially since it's their first year running. But, you know, who knows? Next year might have some uh, a bigger, larger schedule with some bigger tracks like Michigan or, or uh, like Josh said. Well, let's jump into All-Star Race. Josh, we'll let you start since you said this is going to be the, the worst All-Star Race of all time.
2: I admitted it, I said that this is this race was gonna be the worst All Star race of all time and I was wrong. W R O N G wrong. It was it was by no means the best all star race of all time, but talking about the current state of Texas and the racing it provides, I didn't get a chance to see the Xfinity and truck race, but I heard that this was probably the best weekend since twenty sixteen. Texas is uh the track is raced. So uh that was kinda of cool. Might have to go back and watch the truck and Xfinity race, but The cup race provided everything, I think, it only provided because of the format and uh, how it was laid out. So many cautions, doesn't allow the field to get spread out, but hey, it's an all-star race, who cares? Uh, So that was cool, and I don't know. I think the format was interesting by uh, making the average starting position be uh, be where they start for the final round. I like that a lot because it makes drivers really push and be aggressive. The open was really good because of how hot the track was, but I think a lot of things fell into place. And I think by the talks of what I've seen on Twitter the past day or two uh, regarding the All Star race, it looks like we're going to a rotating track schedule starting next year.
1: Yeah, and um, I was uh, I was kind of feeling the same way as Josh. I just didn't know with Texas, and I feel like. if it was a normal cup race, it wouldn't have been as exciting, but because we did have a different format with all these crazy uh, rules, inverts, starting positions that have made it more interesting. But that being said, I feel like that kind of artificially creates uh competition racing, but it was still cool. Nonetheless, as a exhibition race, I thought it was very cool. And uh, actually had decent racing, but that was mainly because there were frequent cautions. Other than that, uh, I thought it was a decent All-Star race. Didn't blow me away. I think I've, I think I've definitely had favorite ones, um, notably being probably like the twenty eighteen. Um, but other than that, I mean, it was a, it was an interesting race. I really wish NASCAR would bring back like the pit crew challenge. And you know, they did the thing where the fastest pit stop won a hundred grand. But uh, it was, I thought it would still be i would still watch a pit crew challenge like they used to do and that would really put more emphasis on pit crews and uh really give them uh, them more spotlight but other than that um i thought the all-star race was interesting to watch
0: i think pit crew challenge and they need to bring back the all-star race qualifying because seeing the cars just soar down pit road at full speed was an absolute thrill to watch and you definitely can't do it at tracks like Bristol, but you can definitely do it at Texas, Charlotte, and whatnot. But I'd love to see those back. My thoughts about the race—I'll go ahead and say it now. NASCAR social media is the worst of all time. I mean, you look at the responses to Jeff Gluck, and they—they they are obnoxious. The fact you're just now realizing this is
2: blows me away. No, I've said it
0: multiple times, but I, I was—I had to get off Twitter this morning just because I was so irritated with what i was seeing it's so I mean, bad they, they complain uh, okay so uh the best car wins uh leads the entire race oh it was a terrible race there was no competition blah 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 blah. so okay they try something out with the uh with the format so that they they switch the field invert it they're like oh now they're just trying to get someone who doesn't have a shot at winning who doesn't have the best car they're just trying to give them a million dollars like shut up dude It's it's the best drivers are going to find a way to the front like they did last night. I mean, it's a strategy. Why? Like it's, it's so obnoxious. Why can't people just be happy? You know, complain on the races that you're, that are crappy in your eyes, but don't complain when it's the other way around. Like they're so hypocritical in their, their complaints. It's, it's ridiculous. So all the NASCAR fans that complain week in and week out, uh, and basically contradict yourself. Just because you want to complain and it gives you self worth quit doing it, dude, you're annoying, yeah whatever a- besides- besides that, I thought it was a great race. I enjoyed the format uh seeing the seeing them flip around it it gave me heartburn because I was watching the or paying attention to the race on draftkings. I ended up having to tell myself that I'm not allowed to look at the uh look at the draftkings standings anymore just because I knew I, there's nothing I could do it's a good lineup but I mean, it, the field is going to continue to invert, so I'm going to drive myself crazy seeing that I'm basically last in the field. But uh, came out of the night twenty-eight bucks off of a uh, twelve-dollar investment. It's a pretty good ROI. I was I was super happy. The racing was good. We saw hot slick track in the open. Saw beating and banging, insane passes, like uh, Keselowski's pass for the lead. Overall. I, I don't know how you could complain about the race unless you just truly don't like Larson. Like I feel like Larson has got such a big fan base, but I think it's going to dwindle a little bit just because he's been so dominant. So we're going to see a little, like a Jimmy Johnson deal where he's winning weekend and week out. He's a, he's a, everyone loves him, but people just like to hate him because he's having success, which is ridiculous. So I think that's why everyone's kind of pissed off about the race is because Kyle Larson won.
2: Yeah. I think it's like what you said. It's, People not liking dominance, and you just gotta respect what Kyle Larson is doing. But I want to get back to your point about the social media, and you look at all other sports, and it's talking about, I guess, storylines, informing people rather than, I guess, you, it, with social media, there's like a line that you have like between entertaining and informing, and just looking at like some of their posts, they have a picture of the tires with ice in it, and then it's got the ice face emoji. Like, what does that teach? non-people about the sport and make you oh they have ice in the rim of a tire let me go follow the account and go watch nascar and then you can just kind of see where they're struggling with uh struggling with engagements when they post what would you do with the million dollars tag a daytona 500 champion trying to get them to tag like a jimmy johnson or just somebody like that so it's just kind of frustrating from like us seeing it and we're all like social media people so we like that stuff and just seeing it run poorly sucks and ultimately can hurt the sport. And so, I don't know. The race was good. Kyle Larson is a baller. He's insane. And uh he's I don't think I don't think his dominance is stopping anytime soon.
0: He's going to win the championship. God, yeah, I think it's unless something happens. I mean, we would have said that about Harvick last year, but unless something crazy happens in the playoffs, it, it's his to lose. I mean, he's just so freaking good. I'd like to see how he performs at Phoenix, though, because I don't remember how well he did in the spring. I mean, granted, that was only, like, the third race, fourth race, fifth yeah, race.
2: I don't know. It was somewhere up there. But I was thinking about it at the end of the All-Star Race and to see how well Hendrick is performing. Is there any possibility the stars align and we get four Hendrick cars in the final four, or at least three? I think three I, is possible. I do I see four. But I, could,
0: I, I, I could see three.
2: If – the team's race right now, if they race in the playoffs how they're racing right now, I think we could legitimately see four. I want to look past, I guess, like past a couple races before Richmond and see where Hendrick climbs up in points. And I guarantee it'd be Larson, Elliott, Byron, and Bowman, like top four, top five in points. So I don't know. It's going to be really interesting in the playoffs to see if they can keep this momentum up. With the finishes they're getting after bringing all these fast race cars, it's not like they're losing any money. They're bre- coming home and all four cars are in the top five every week. It's impressive, but it's, I don't know. I think we're going to see
0: all four in the top eight for sure. Is it? Is it? Is this four or five straight wins?
2: Uh, four.
0: Let's see. Four. Larson,
2: Charlotte, Larson, Sonoma, Larson, All-Star, Chase, Coda, Bowman. This is five because Bowman, Dover. Yeah.
0: And they almost had another 1-2 finish. Yeah, and then um, NMS had 1-2-3-4 at Charlotte for the Coke 600. I think like the top eight were, uh, it was Penske and Hendrick or top seven. I mean, those yeah. are obviously the two best teams right now in NASCAR. It's hard to deny that. Blaney Blaney's not doing too well, but he looked good last night.
2: Yeah, all Hendrick cars were in the top seven uh larson top seven was larson kozlowski elliot logano blaney bowman byron and then eric armarola got a top 10 too which was i don't know it sucks that it's not a point race for them but still for a team that's like 30th in points right now racing their way into the all-star race this is definitely i don't know if you could get momentum off an all-star race uh performance but they gotta have something going into that
1: next race because they ran really good
0: great jay how do you feel
1: yeah, I feel it could definitely happen. I mean, seeing four Hendricks in the uh, championship would not only be a sign of dominance, I think it would be unpopular. But that being said, dominance is always unpopular. I mean, uh, last uh, two years ago, we were talking about, you know, don- or was it three? We were talking about Kevin Harvick dominance, and there's the big three. And so then, you know, if you look back to the mid-2000s, Jimmy Johnson dominance, I mean, it, dominance is, is always a double-edged story. You have people who support it. If it's your favorite driver or organization, it's awesome. And people, you know, if you don't like them, they're going to hate it. But I think either way, it's, it's just impressive. Um, we'll see if it keeps going. I feel like traditionally Hendrick has always had a, a little bit of a slump during the summer, and I think that was just how the tracks are scheduled. But this year, since we're, they're flipping up the schedule, it could be different. Um, but you know we'll see. Uh, you know I'd be pretty excited uh, to see how all these teams do in the in the championship, and also how the field responds, because there's still guys that you know haven't had a win. Kevin Harvick, Denny Hamlin. I mean these are guys that are were staples of dominance in the playoffs, and you know Denny Hamlin is his leads going away in the points. Um, you know he's still running top ten and stuff, but. You know, a lot of people thought Denny Hamlin would be the guy to beat going into this year. Um, same goes for Kevin Harvick and Stuart Haas in general. So it's going to be really interesting to see how the summer goes out because uh, the summer is really, I feel like, uh, been an interesting part of the season where the playoffs are heating up, uh, getting closer to it, and spots are up for grabs and disappearing. And you know, we've already got eleven winners, so. You know, there's five open spots for people to point in, and those could dwindle down even further.
0: Yeah, I really do think it's going to get tight here real soon. I still hold on to the idea that we're going to see sixteen or more winners in the Cup Series. You know, you still got Harvick ain't won, Hamlin hasn't won. We got Daytona to finish off the regular season. I mean, there's there's going to be there's going to be some fire. There's going to be some flames. There's going to be some Broken hearts, and there's going to be a couple more winners. But I do want to take a moment. You know, we got we got Father's Day coming up. You guys remember that, right?
2: I do. I do.
0: What do what do dads? If if you had to think about something your dad would like, what what would he like?
2: Well, Dad, if you're listening to this, uh, turn it off now because this is what I'm getting you. I got a he's he bugged me at Charlotte. He's like, I need a Bowman shirt. I need a Bowman shirt, so I went and got him like a a Bowman shirt, the patriotic, and then I got him like the patriotic like hat, which I was kind of jealous about because I wanted it. But hey, it is what it is. But uh, yeah, I got him like some racing merch.
0: Jay,
1: are we talking NASCAR related or anything?
0: No, just just Father's Day gifts.
1: If I could get even something that'd be like impossible.
0: Yeah, what what you got?
1: If if they still uh performed, I would uh take my dad to go see Chicago in concert.
0: Nah, that's pretty solid. All right, so when I think about the quintessential Father's Day gift, you got to you got to take a look at how dads look nowadays. Especially the stereotypical dad. They got their their baseball cap, some Nike Monarchs, Hi, nike socks sounds like your race day apparel at bristol last year you know don't don't hate dude don't hate nice cold beer in their hand they're getting ready to grill on their big day so what what better thing to get your dad for father's day than the dano seasoning pop pop bundle With the dano seasoning pop pop bundle he gets a dano seasoning hat looks like absolute fire it's it's pretty sweet. It's it is the quintessential dad hat. It gets two bottles of Dano seasoning, original and spicy. Hit that trigger finger on the burgers. You can talk about some good grilling. And by far my favorite piece of this bundle, it's basically a Swiss Army knife for grilling. So you get a wine opener, opener bottle opener, spatula, tongs, or a uh, or a fork, and a uh, and a sauce brush. You want to talk about the ultimate dad gift? That's it right there. I'm gonna so make have to sure new one. if you're if you're looking for a solid Father's Day gift, surprise your dad with some Danos, 100 percent all natural, low sodium, tastes great on everything. Say it over and over again at the beginning of the show. Get your dad some danos, he'll love you for it. $59.95 for the bundle. It's worth every single penny. Use our code behind the wall checkout it's i mean that's that's a win win you wanna talk about a happy dad, get him some danos unbeatable stuff
2: before we hop into the next segment i wanna just uh look at this article that I'm looking at right now, and it uh Adam Stern just tweeted it, and it talks about f one in the United States of America having a forty percent viewership increase, so I just wanna put that out there. We can hop into the next segment, but I mean if y'all still wanna keep trashing f one and uh, their viewership, uh, buddy. Talk to
0: buddy. the article. They 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 aren't they aren't even hit hitting a million. Forty percent jump in the U.S. It's going to be larger when the quantity is smaller, dude. Okay. Talk to still me gonna when grow. you're I'm at NASCAR gonna... numbers. Talk to me when you're at NASCAR numbers.
1: I'm not going to totally bash F1, but I will say, if I can't, I couldn't imagine NASCAR fans watching F1 right now because it seems like the vast majority of fans are already. Unhappy with our current racing package on most tracks, save for probably super speedways, because there's always a complaint of the lack of the ability to pass. Well, how do you think they'd feel about F1?
2: You just gotta, I guess, respect like different things of racing. Most of my friends, like, they're big F1 fans, and we're always like texting in group chats at like eight o'clock in the morning talking about the race. And it's just like, it's totally different, but it's just, at the end of the day, it's different. It's uh, road racing. At road racing in the Ascar, we really don't see that many passes. And I think if F1 raced on an oval, which is never going to happen, but it'd be cool, it uh, it might put on a good show. Like IndyCar at ovals are okay, but you just got to find something to do with the dirty air.
0: I can't get behind a racing series that dis- discourages bumping and banging.
2: Yeah, but you think about how fragile those cars are. You hurt yourself more if you go and Wham. wreck somebody then anything else cuz you tap somebody and your front wings messed up you just got to be on the edge of
0: we got it's cuz you got baby cars
2: baby cars
0: baby cars baby i do want to bring up an idea or something we saw this past week and we had a discussion about it so adam stern also tweeted out this past week that gordon may not return to the fox sports booth so we might have last night we might have seen the the last of Jeff Gordon doing commentary on the races, and I would assume it's because he wants to jump into Hendrick Motorsports in a larger role. You know, I, I I'm curious to see where what what ends up happening makes sense. But I want I want to want to get y'all's opinion on who would fill his slot in the in the in the booth. Who would be your your first choice?
2: easy adam alexander dude is no. such a great play by play guy kick mike joy out of there kick clint boyer out no. of there just put adam no. alexander no, in the no,
0: booth with no, no, anybody josh, else in that booth would be 10. Ask Coltake, muted Jay, how about you uh,
1: i think the obvious choice is uh larry mac um, no, he didn't want to be in the booth anymore awful. though <sighs> no that's no. another
0: yeah no get at josh get out of here he don't want to be in the booth though he li- he likes his role now he said I it
1: I think regardless, I'd still, I'd still just want him, just because I'm nostalgic and I miss those days. Um, You know, say what you want about him, but D.W. and Mike Joy and Larry Mack were just uh, the quintessential trio, and you know that's what I remember most because you know when I was young and watching NASCAR, um, that's just what I remember distinctly, and especially Daytona 500 days was them three. So. That's really what I what I would love to see, ideally. But like you said, I don't think it'll happen. I think he's happy where he's
0: at. I think Jamie McMurray would be a solid choice for the booth. You know, you got a driver. He's got experience with race hub. He can definitely talk. Super fun to listen to. I think he'd get along well with Mike Joy and Clint Boyer. I, I, I like the dynamic of having two drivers in the booth. I really do. Or at least someone connected to the actual sport, whether it be a crew chief or a driver, either it would work. And I don't think any drivers are fixing to retire that would want to jump immediately into the booth. So I think Jamie McMurray would be the best choice.
2: Jamie McMurray would be – I think he'd be good, but he'd just keep it – he'd do what the booth's supposed to be doing. He wouldn't be up there and trying to be all uh, jokey and everything like Clint Boyer is. I don't know, you just need somebody in there because you got Clinton – Clinton jeff in there going back and forth and ban- just like creating some banter and then mike joy tries to get in it and i think with fox is like or nbc you have rick allen who's what he does stop that and then oh, but you i was have, trying
0: to mute myself you have uh <laughs> My
2: bad. dale and jeff in there that are trying to like i guess like they're kind of funny so I don't know. Mike Joy is not a mediator. If you put somebody else in there, it's kind of like a mediator and doesn't try to just continue to let the non seriousness go on. That'll help Fox tremendously.
0: How dare anyone make a joke in the booth? You can God make forbid. it. You just
2: need to stick to what it's going on. Last night, the broadcast was awful. Probably one of the worst broadcasts I've seen from Fox all year.
0: Yeah, come on. Daytona, 5,
2: Daytona 500 yeah, is has a really good fox broadcast got to give them to on, on that but post-race pre-race shows awful it's it sucks i wanted to be good but it was bad
1: i do well, on miss a side note oh, sorry to cut you off on a side note You're good it seems like what josh really wants is a golf style broadcast of nascar so it shows, i would picture rather this that
2: than what picture we have this.
1: now mm. and kyle larson is going to take the white flag here very impressive day on uh he mm. dominated the race. He led uh, J. 180 of 267 laps here. You know, Ooh, just look, really look stellar he, look performance out of Kyle Larson.
0: Look, look how he turned coming out of turn two. Got a little loose there. I, th- I think this might be trouble. Second place might sneak up on him here. Ooh, Professional what a, what a, what a
2: sports leagues need to be broadcasted professionally, and NASCAR is not, and it hasn't been for the past couple years by Fox.
0: Dude, that's my argument, de- and I'll stick to it. What's your deal with fun?
2: I'm all for fun. I love no, fun. No, you're not. But look at the way every other sport is broadcasted. NASCAR looks like the biggest joke. It goes into social media. The social media team makes te- makes this like organization dude, just look like a joke. You're not gonna it's You're so not gonna change
0: any minds, dude.
2: I'm not going to, but I can have my opinion.
0: No, I'm. I'm saying if having a professional broadcast is not going to change the minds of the haters. It's not going to happen.
2: Yeah, but it'll, the stereo but- the
0: stereotypes there. I mean, that's that's why people love NASCARs cuz it's lighthearted, something to watch on the weekends while you're drinking a beer, eating a burger. I mean, what I, I don't I don't want a golf broadcast and I don't want I don't want to listen to something especially when the the racing's mediocre. I don't want to sit there and listen to 4 hours of blah. I want to hear jokes. I want to giggle. I mean, I love what Clint Boyer's doing in the booth because he's he's a funny guy. He he keeps he keeps the conversation light. They cover the race accordingly, and then they joke around too. I'm all for jokes. I love it. Jay knows it well.
1: Yeah, I just I just don't. You know, I I hear what you're saying, Josh. I really do, and I agree. Fox, I'm not gonna not criticize Fox. I think. Some of the things they did during the Xfinity race on Saturday were kind of bad, you know, and especially the timing of, of commercials, the frequency of commercials, just missing action on track in general is, is definitely something that can't be excused. But that being said, I don't think, I don't think they're doing a disservice by having jokes by adding entertainment that's really what it comes down to is entertainment and nascar i would hate to see it try and become or try to become something that it really isn't uh and you know it's definitely for a different audience than f1 i don't think nascar is really is trying to attract the same audience as f1 nor should they because it's pretty obvious that f1 fans watch f1 and nascar fans watch nascar and i'm not going to discount the fact that there's A small group of people who watch lots of forms of motorsport, but in the grand scheme of things, they don't really mix very often. So I think keeping a lighthearted but informative and action-packed broadcast is going to be the best way to broadcast NASCAR rather than trying to become too professional, too formal. Not necessarily too professional in that sense, but too formal and and losing the lighthearted aspect of a broadcast.
0: Josh, did did you did you like rubbin' his racing?
2: I did. It was a good podcast. What? What? because okay, it's no, a barstool No, no, no listen listen, it's listen. A barstool pod.
0: What a, what what made you enjoy the podcast?
2: I liked how they was joking around. They them what, Angela Roosh, I don't know how to say her name. That episode like made me die laughing. But at the end of the day, that's a Barstool podcast. That's how Barstool is. Fox isn't not, like that. Not
0: necessarily. Not necessarily. Uh, It's a What what made what. Okay. So if you, if you like the podcast, you had a driver who all he does is joke around. He talks a lot about partying, a lot about drinking, and he, he acts like a fool half the time. We love him to death. Then you get Dave Portnoy, who really doesn't know much about NASCAR, but he, he attempted to make it interesting. Yeah. And it's, all it is, is just being lighthearted giving or putting out a product that people want to listen to that keeps you engaged in a way. And you know, you feel, you feel happy after listening or watching it. I mean, that's, that's what Fox is going after. And I think Fox is doing well. I mean, they capitalized this past year over the, the Jeff Gordon and uh, Clint Boyer rivalry, even though I really don't think it's been a, it's really been that big. I mean, you got that, you got like the one, the one clip from, Phoenix that they play over and over again, but they played into the idea that this was a heated rivalry. Even six years later, I mean, it's the stuff they're doing is it's it's a lot of fun. It's it's engaging, gets people talking on social media, gets interaction. That's all you can ask for. I mean, you're not going to get that type of interaction for a for a professional booth where all they do is just talk the race. I mean, it's just it's it's tough. I, I get where you're, I get where you're coming from, but. NASCAR is just, it's not the, it's, it's not the scene to be professional and boring.
2: Yeah, but I don't know. In today's climate, I think, I don't know. The Barstool podcast had its place where Clint was talking on there. It's Clint had his place to act that way. And I don't think it's on a private pod not a private podcast, but not on Fox correct or right. Like broadcasting the sport. I don't know. There just there needs to be changes in it. Maybe there's other changes that need to be made, and then this will get overshadowed. But like right now, this the problem in the booth and just the whole production of Fox this year. Put in the booth aside, the production team and everything. it just it hasn't been good. It's just been constant mistakes here and there. And I don't know what constitutes
0: a mistake though.
2: I don't know. Just like saying here let's go to commercial here let's do this and just there's been times i don't know it's there's a lot of specifics that i'm missing but i noticed when they happen it's just
0: they they catch they know. catch so much heat for cautions under commercial which is no, i'm not talking into that i know but a lot of a lot of people mention it. it's not like nascar has a sheet okay we'll caution at lap 242 let's make sure we're on commercial to piss everyone off no, you don't you don't know. I, I, a lot of it's just unlucky. And uh, I think it's interesting you go to you go to commercial, you come back, there's a caution, you're like, Oh crap, what happened? And then you can can watch it. But we're gonna have to I think we're launching a new series coming up. Josh and I were talking the other day, uh kind of like a just an argument. A big a, a, basically a, a, a more severe version of uh was it what do we call it? Behind the or banter or what behind the all banter. I totally forgot. Behind the Wall banner, so we'll have to uh, we'll definitely have to table this and pick it up on a uh, on a future episode of Behind the Banter. Follow us on YouTube. Be I ready. Think to we roll. should
1: ask the listeners either on Twitter or something how they feel about it too.
0: Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I don't know, cause you got the you got the you got the NASCAR haters and the the complainers on social media. We need to go to the track, mm. conduct our own polling. Can't trust Twitter anymore. Alright, well let's go ahead and jump into Dark Horses Rowdy Takes, presented by Rowdy Energy. Get you with chiseled ice, get you all revved up. Jay, who you got this weekend? Nashville Super Speedway too.
1: Yeah, it's an unknown this weekend. I really don't don't know. But something just tells me I have a good feeling about of all people, Chris Busher. Um showing some speed on some intermediates this year. I don't know. I guess you consider Nashville an intermediate, um, but I just, um, you know, a new track. Everybody's, I feel like people aren't, it's a more even playing field coming to a new place where there's not had any experience on the uh, cup cars and stuff like that. So I just think like Chris Buescher could run really solid, even surprise some people in uh, lead laps, but uh, that's going to be my dark horse for this week. I might even go with him on uh, DraftKings. Looking at uh, hot takes, you know, I really don't have one specific to Nashville itself. Um, So I think the last hot take, I was kind of just focusing on some unpopular opinions and and big stances in the NASCAR and racing world. But um, I'm going to have to say, uh, you know, my hot take is, you know, I'm really not, a fan of the nascar schedule and i think that it's kind of a polarizing topic but um my hot take you know after sonoma is really that i don't i don't really enjoy road course racing as much as i thought i would and i don't think it's what nascar needs or at least needs a lot of and i think it'll be interesting to see how some of the other road courses are there are definitely some i love like watkins Glen and the roval but some of the other ones like road America and other long tracks, I just don't feel like the long and meant for a different type of race car.
0: Josh, my
2: dark horse is, uh, shoot. I'm going to go with uh, Roush Fenway racing teammate, Ryan Newman. I really don't know why as uh Roush Fenway has been good. I was it's, thinking that too. It's going to a new track and, uh, I think veterans are going to prevail. They just know how to approach new tracks better. And uh, I don't know if Newman's raced there before, but Roush Fenway's performance strong, Chris Buescher, and uh, Ryan Newman I think are definitely going to be ones to watch. And uh, i going to say it now, Denny Hamlin wins. But my hot take is we have a lot of tire problems because it's a new track and really hasn't had 40 cars on it in quite some time. So I think we're going to see a lot of tire problems this weekend.
1: Josh, do you all remember that one brickyard where – tires Only lasted like 20 laps.
0: Remember that time know. Denny I'm Hamlin sure. flipped, flipped at Brickyard <laughs> and Dave Hoots <laughs> held the flag? I do. I remember that. Ham- I remember Hamlin, that. Hamlin catches meme. on fire. Hold it. <laughs> Hamlin flips. Hold it. Casey Kane. <laughs> Crosses the – I hate that. I hate the overtime line so much. Casey Kane crosses the line. Put it out. Put it out. What a, what a time. What a time. All right, uh, Dark Horse this weekend for me. I've got Kurt Bush. I think they're, they're going strategic now because it's getting to the point where the only way they can make it into the playoffs is if they win. So, they're going to work hard to put Kurt Bush in a scenario that he can uh, find a way to win it. I think – like Jay said, even playing field first time we've raced cup at the track uh, in, a, in a long time, if not for the first time, can't really remember. Sorry, uh, NASCAR historians, disappointed you once again. Uh, rowdy take this weekend. I, I was going to go with what Josh was saying, and I don't want to copy him or come up with any excuses, but I'm going to kind of piggyback off that because I can't come up with anything like that on the fly. But I think we're going to see at some point – a leader, someone who's leading the race, is going to have tire issues and it's going to take them out of contention. Whether it be a blown tire, and they spin into the wall, or they lose a the tire and then end up losing a lap because their tire's flat. But I think I definitely think we're going to see uh, tire issues this weekend. So, Godspeed to whoever's running the Goodyear Twitter account. You're going to need it. I'll send you a beer. Just let me know where to send it. But thanks for coming out this week. Get you an ice cream cone preferably on a waffle cone and get your dad the danos seasoning pop hop bundle he'll appreciate it but on behalf of josh jay i'm henry we'll see you next week